Hi, friends. I'm Mandy. And I'm Missy. And we're the Wayward Homesteaders. In this podcast, we will talk about homesteading and homeschooling. We will cover topics like food preservation, gardening, unschooling, and all the things we enjoy doing with our families. Grow with us as we talk about creating a homestead full of poop, plants, permaculture, and everything in between. Hey everybody, this is Mandy from Chapel Hill Forge. And this is Missy from Homesteading Roots. So today we're coming to you from Mifflin Town and recording this like literally five hours before it's supposed to go up because, I don't know, somehow we got behind in the move and we just can't get our act together. Usually we're a couple weeks ahead and no, it's not happening right now. So um, our husbands are going to join us on this one and we're going to talk about tools on the homestead. Obviously, maybe I shouldn't say that, maybe that's sexist, but obviously it's a little bit more their department than it is ours. Um, so Zad and Jeremy, you're going to hear them chime in. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, garden tools and hand tools and things like that. They'll kind of give you their thoughts on, uh, what best way to take care of them and how to store them and what they use them for. And then we'll kind of talk about why we feel like these are really important tools to have. And this can be a little bit of an overwhelming topic, I guess, if you're just sort of getting started with homesteading because tools are expensive and equipment is expensive. And so, you know, this is just things that we've kind of acquired over time, skills we've acquired over time. So don't get, you know, super overwhelmed. We can talk a little bit too about like where we find these things, you know, because we're not buying everything brand new all the time. Um, Okay, so we'll start with Jeremy. So Jeremy, talk to us about garden tools. What garden tools do we need? What are you using them for? So basic hand tools for gardening. You're going to want a a nice shovel, uh, nothing chintzy, no plastic handles. Carbon fiber handle would be probably ideal but that's more on the higher price range so get yourself a good shovel with you know a good good oak uh, handle wooden handle another one would be probably uh, a pitchfork a pitchfork can come in very handy for um, you know in the garden as well as turning your compost pile uh, muck installs or or you know down to just doing hay as well uh probably another good one to have is some sort of hoe for weeding um creating your your channels for your your seeds and 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 sorts like that so that would probably be my top three well and i use my garden tool i'm so bad about garden tools i leave them lay in the garden and i know that's like Mm -hmm. I really shouldn't do that, but I use, so I have garden tools also in my chicken coop and down in my goat barn. And that's what I turn. Cause I do deep litter, which I've talked about a little bit on our YouTube channel. Um, I do deep litter in that I really only swap out their bedding, uh, once a year. So I just add bedding on top. We turn it, add baking soda if the ammonia gets, you know, overwhelming or anything, but for the most part, it's not stinky, but having a good rake, or, or pitchfork is good in the goat shed because I have straw in there instead of bedding. Um, but, you know, they're great for that kind of stuff too. too. So a lot of this stuff is very multi-purpose. You know, you can, I've acquired several pitchforks over the years, but, you know, if you just have one, you can obviously cart it around until you get some more. Um, okay, Zad, so talk about hand tools. So uh, as far as, like, livestock goes, um... A T-post pounder is 
ideal. It's the safest way to put it in. We waited way too long to get oh my one. Oh gosh, way too long. And they're cheap. They're like I, I forty was bucks. Holding it or having somebody hold the T post and driving it in with a sledgehammer, and it was silliness. It so not so much nonsense with that. You know, it worked for the time that we did it, but spinning the. I seriously think it was like forty bucks, bucks a tractor or whatever supply. it was to get it was so worth it. And the next tool that goes with that, that once again, I don't know why we waited so long to get it. Again, it's like 50 bucks. She's trying to shake that post back and forth in multiple different directions to be able to get it loose enough to pull it up out of the ground is the T-post puller. And that's another tool that's just invaluable to have. They both pretty much always live on the rack of the four-wheeler on the front basket area. Especially if you're rotating fences. Like, we use it for the solar panel box, right? Yeah, we use it and a grounding rod to, um, when we're rotating our, our meat chickens or meat turkeys. And it pretty much always lives right there on the basket. If you need it, you go to the four-wheeler to get it. Um, and there's a short piece of chain with a hook on one end and that is used to uh we wrap that about four or five times around the uh grounding rod which is a half inch copper rod and it goes in the ground about four to five feet and you wrap that chain around it it's a little cantankerous <laughs> yeah it, it, like the process know, is not very fun yeah if you don't know what you're doing it, it can be kind of confusing but what you what ness what, what you're wanting to do is Wrap that chain around it enough that it that you then hook the hook to the chain itself again, and then the end that doesn't have a hook hooks to the hook on the post puller, and then you use that and it it grip, grips the grounding rod and you pull the grounding rod up. We'll have to do a YouTube video on it. Yeah, it it can seem a little confusing and I still am always confused about the whole situation. It's having that tool is just so worth it and that one i don't remember the price of that but it was well worth having it it's not much i'm i seriously think you could get the post pounder and the post puller for probably a hundred dollars total um so other hand tools you want to talk about was you know drills sockets wrenches um a good a good drill and impact screw gun you know you have a brand preference i love my dewalt's I love the Mikitas. They're both great brands. Um, I got Bud for Christmas a quarter cable, kind of a cheaper version. Tractor Supply Supply Special. I think it was like a hundred bucks for the set. It's not a bad set, you know. If you're one that you don't use it a whole lot, but you need it, then yeah, it's great. You know, I have no problem with some things from Harbor Freight if I'm only using it one time a year then that tool's fine. But if it's something that I use every day, multiple times throughout the day, sometimes for hours on end, then I go for something like a Dewalt or Makita or something that is well known for its durability. And I think Jeremy would probably agree with I was just going to say, do you have a brand preference on tools? Mm, yes and no. Like, like Zad said, um, since my move to Florida... Well, before I moved to Florida, I was Dewalt, 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 and I still am. There's nothing wrong with Dewalt, but <clears throat> after moving to Florida, 
Milwaukee kind of just fell into my needs where D Walt versus Milwaukee, Milwaukee had more tools leaning towards my job. So basically I left D Walt behind and started, you know, using Milwaukee. But like Zad said, it's all in, in what your the task at hand that you're you need to do versus what tool you need. If you're just you know, hanging a picture here and there, you know, some off-brand Harbor Freight that you're only going to use every once in a while, that's great. But if you're out, you know, mending fences and, you know, driving screws in all day, you're going to want something that's going to hold up, it's going to last, and, you know, fit your needs. Well, and like and, my and, parents and use money. Ryobi, yeah. and they're, I would say they're more like homeowner needs, you know, but they have a lot of things that, they're lightweight and you know they have the snowblower and the lawnmower and like so if you just need like the fa- i mean i know they have a lot of that stuff with the other things too but like mom has i think every friggin' tool that they offer in that little ryobi set and she loves it for their needs it's perfect yeah. uh, for us that would never work we'd break that stuff in a minute so hand tools too you wanted to talk about like socket sets yeah, and wrenches i think it's something that's good for even if you don't have a homestead, just a your household, you know, have a, a a screwdriver, Phillips and flathead of different sizes and lengths, uh, a socket set, metric and standard, um, pliers, hammer, uh, side angle cutters, different types of pliers. You know, you never know what you might need when you're putting a desk together or, you know, you need to repair something in the house that broke in the middle of, you know, the night. Well, and I feel like a lot of these things, we kind of, like Jeremy said, we sort of acquire as our needs, like, arise. You know, you don't have the star bit in the whatever size, so you go to the friggin' hardware store and you get it, and then you just have it for when you need it the next time. And I know for my needs... I could have five or six socket sets and, you know, screwdrivers and all this stuff because there's times that, you know, I could use a set just in my truck because I could be out on the road and something breaks down. Well, then I have that. It's not back at the shop. Or, you know, I have a small tool kit that's in the house so that if Mandy needs me to fix something or something breaks while she's canning or whatever... I'm not having to, per se, waste the extra five minutes to go out of the house and up to the shop in the snow or the rain or whatever to get that tool to come back down to then have to go back up and get it again. I have a decent set in the house that I can get it taken care of in the amount of time it would take me just to walk up there and find it. Um, So, you know, you build it as you go. You know, one piece at a time. Right. But it it's definitely worth having, you know, your a socket set, a wrench set, because a lot of times those two go hand in hand. You need a wrench and a socket to hold that bolt from turning on both ends. Um, that was pretty much it for hand tools yeah. for the most part. You know, obvious things, screwdrivers and, and whatever. And, but. And it, you know, that's just your kind of bare bone basic hand tools. If you're... Uh, comfortable in plumbing or you're comfortable in doing electrical work and things like that then there's other tools that you know involve into that you know 
Jeremy's not real comfortable with electrical work, but I'm comf more comfortable than he is. So, you know, if he needs an outlet ran or an outlet switched out or, you know, a ceiling fan put in place and taking the old ceiling fan down, well, I'm, I'm comfortable in that. So I have different tools and some tools that he may not have because I dabble in that more than he does. Well, and on the flip side, Jeremy has every plumbing tool we're probably ever going to need, so he can help us out with yeah, that. I mean, I, I have a good bit of plumbing tools for myself from just the things that we do, but he's got some more of the commercial-grade stuff that I don't do it enough, so it's not worth me spending the money on that stuff for doing it once every five years. Yeah. Um, okay, so Jeremy is going to talk a little bit about, um, so chainsaws, I guess maybe just handsaws type things. I don't know how often we, I don't really know that we even use handsaws very often, but so talk about that. I know you just got your new chainsaw, which is very exciting. So tell us about it. Yes. Yeah, so first thing you want to do is find a, depending on what brand of saw you want, um, if you're just on you know, here and there type things. Uh, you don't have to go, you know, to the name brand of, you know, steel or, or even Husqvarna. Uh, there's Poland saws out there that, you know, just for the, you know, willy-nilly, you know, two or three times a year that you run it. Um, but the main thing you want to do is find a saw that works for you and the, the work that you're going to be doing. You don't want to go buy, uh, you know, a nine, $900 saw with, you know, a 24-inch, 36-inch bar to cut tree branches that are two inches in diameter. So you need to find a saw that fits you and the work that you're going to be doing around your house. So if you're just going to be trimming, you know, tree branches that are, you know, two to four inches round, you don't need to go to the high end stuff. You can, you know, pull and saw works really great for that stuff. Um, even a hand pruning saw. Even a hand pruning saw, yeah. Um, but if you're if you're new to the, the, the chainsawing world, just don't pick up a chainsaw and, you know. I was oh, just I, gonna bring that up. I, yeah. I've seen people do this on TV or on YouTube there's more to it than that there's a lot of safety risks a lot of, you know things that you need to be aware of how the saw operates why there's a chain break and what a chain break is uh, kickback and kickback yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of things that, that you need to learn and safety precautions that you need to take before you just go Go to a hardware well, and store. And so a, a little off. background. Zad and Jeremy are both wildland firefighters and have a lot of experience in this. Um, so, you know, like Jeremy said, you don't just like willy nilly go pick up a saw and like start chopping things. So when they moved here, you know, him and uh, Zad went out yesterday and got, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like a medium sized chainsaw. Yeah, it's it's not a small one. It's not a big one. It's a medium sized one. You know, we're burning wood here as our main heat source in the wintertime, so there's going to be a lot of cutting of, you know, wood, splitting of wood. So I got a medium size that, you know, I can change the bar size if I need to. But mainly I bought it because it's a big enough bar, 
it's got the power that I need to do things around the, the homestead as well as cutting firewood. And if and if he would need a saw that's got a bigger bark to it, I have one that what you know I can put up to a sixty inch bar on it. Yeah. And that's a really big bar for a chainsaw. That that's pretty ignorant and you've got some pretty it's nasty rude. stuff to do yeah. with that. And you know, just because it's a little electric chainsaw, like a little Remington, you know, corded chainsaw. That doesn't mean it's not any less dangerous. That sounds like a good they're, way to cut the power to your chainsaw. They're just as dangerous as the gas powered, you know, with the 60 inch bar. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if they're small or not. Even the little handheld battery operated, you know, that's six inches long. You know, I think Dewalt makes it, and mm-hmm. Milwaukee makes them. Yep. You know, they those are just as dangerous, if not maybe even more dangerous, because most people are only using it with one hand because that's the way they're designed. So that other hand is usually getting in the way or too close to that chain that's spinning around, and you know you have the chance of taking off fingers or hands, and you know you need to make sure you wear your safety gear. You know, chaps that protect your legs, you know, helmet, ear protection, eye protection, gloves. Um, you know, it's not just to look like a logger, it's there for your safety. And if you don't wear it, there's a good chance that you're going to potentially either harm yourself severely or kill yourself. Well, and Zad and Jeremy have both invested in, you know, nice saws because we both, I mean, we burn wood and coal. They're going to be burning wood primarily. Um, but, you know, we're using these... No, I don't want to say a lot, but I mean, when we are using them, they get used hard because we're stacking cords and cords of wood to prepare for winter and to go buy like a little chintzy, stupid saw doesn't make any sense for us for, or for them. And it's like, you know, Zad has a bigger saw that if I ever need, I can call on him and, and you should do the same as, as well, you know, find who is in your community and reach out and say, hey, I'm in search of somebody that has a saw. You know, I need such and such length. Is there anybody out there that can help me? And that way, they, you know, you might have a, a small saw and you really need a bigger saw. And, you know, they can call upon your community to bring uh, that help to you. And you may, you know, if you have questions, ask, you know, how does this work? How do I do that? Is this safe? What should I get? What do I need? Um, and just, just, you know, you can never learn enough, uh, in, in the safety world, because like Zad said, saws are, are a very, you know, it's like an asset on a bigger homestead, but in a blink of an eye, it can change your life if you don't know how to operate it. I think the other thing that's really good about, and I, and I'm not trying to just promote one brand. But the reason I stick with steel is over, say, Husqvarna is for steel, the only way you can sell, you can be a steel dealer is if they service that brand. So the great thing about a steel dealer is those shops know the product, the capabilities of those products, how they work. They are very, most of the shops that I've ever been into are very informative. They, you ask a question, they know it, or they will get back to you with the answer mm-hmm. if they don't know it. And more times than not, they know it. Husqvarna is a great brand, but 
you can go to any box store and get them. But if you have a problem with it, you can, you you can take it back to that store, but they're not going to have any ability to fix it, tune it up, tell you what's going on with it. Most of the people working there probably don't even know what its capabilities are and how to use it. So the great thing about steel is those people will teach you or let you know what if that saw is going to work for your application. Right. Like where where I went to get my saw, I mean, we dang near passed it because it was like a hole in the wall <laughs> type of place. But we walked in and it was very well maintained, very well, you know, the, the displays were nice. The guy was up on the new things uh, that that Steel was coming out with. And, you know, he educated, you know, me and Zad staying, you know, the bars now are going to be a light saw or a well, light the bar. The saw itself. I mean, yeah. Bud saw, the, the, the saw got Bud, which is smaller than the saw Jeremy got, weighs more than the saw that Jeremy got that's a bigger power bigger bar which just kind of blew my mind that it was that much it, it was 10 pounds total yeah with fuel and oil yeah. in it and like where 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 i went the guy fueled it up put oil in it took it outside ran it make sure the the bar was oiling and any other place you know like zach said you go to let's say lowe's and get a husqvarna you're just pulling it off the shelf going to the checkout and you're done Nobody's showing you anything, teaching you anything, making, making sure, sure the thing runs right. Um, so I I feel that the smaller mom and pop, so to speak, dealers care about their product that they're selling and the customer that they're selling it to. Well, and like when we went to our steel dealer at home, um, we got a weed eater and we have like, you know, I've talked about this a bunch of times. Most of our home, not most of it, half of our homestead is wooded. Um, you know, so we didn't just want this silly little string because we'd rip that apart in no time. You know, so we were talking to him about like the, what do you call it? Like a saw so, blade so, thing. Yeah, we had, we had a Husqvarna that we had bought and bought from Mandy's grandfather when they were downsizing and moving off their property into apartment. And it was a great weed eater, don't get me wrong. It it ran great, and we used it for years. The problem was is when a part broke on it, a gearbox broke on it, it was, a, it was $190 just for that one little piece. Well, for a couple hundred dollars more, was it $100 more, $150 more? Uh, it was way more, less than I thought. I, I think could we buy spent a brand less than 400 steel combi tool. Now, the, the combi tool, it's a really neat tool because it's versatile, because you have the motor, the powerhouse portion of it, and then you can put different attachments on. So I can put a weed eater head on it. I can put a rototiller on it. I can put a a brush on it, an edge or a hedge trimmer. This was like Christmas. He's so, been talking about this combi tool since the beginning of time, and finally we got it, and it well, was so exciting. You know, instead of buying multiple tool, multiple power tools that are three, four, five hundred dollars, and having multiples of those, you buy one motor. And multiple attachments for the applications that you need. As much as I pick on you about it, it is really sensible. For a homestead, it is a really great tool. So, talking with him, it had the, the wind-up string where you, you bump it on the ground and the string comes out. I've never really been crazy about those. 
pretty much all weed eaters have them. The issue with, you know, going back to COVID and everything being on, on back order is he had string for it, but he didn't have extra string for it. So talking to him, they have the kind where you just kind of, they're, they're, they're pre-cut strings and you just push it in and it grabs it. And then, you know, when it breaks, you just push another one in. Well, he knocked off the price of the head that was on it by taking that off and putting a different head on. He, he, you know, gave us a better deal, knocked off some of the money because the, the cost of the two were different. And then I was explaining to him that we have, you know, some saplings and some Greenbrier and stuff, and he told us what application of what blade we needed for the wood side of it, you know, being in the woods versus just taking care of the grass. Yeah, so that's another great tool. Um, okay, last kind of tools, and then it's not really tools necessarily, um, is, uh, so, you know, tractors, four-wheelers, trailers, etc. So, um you guys are working on that. So you got your mower, mm-hmm. you got your, it's a 61 inch. Yeah. Yeah. So 61 inch deck on their mower, which is going to be great for them because until they get a cow or two or whatever, you, you would probably more mowing to do than we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our, like I said, we have a good bit of wood, so we don't, Zad can, we are on three acres, but half of it's wooded and Zad can probably mow in 45 minutes. I can get it down to about 30. If yeah, I'm it's pretty quick, you know, and you're, I don't know, you're probably going to be mowing for over an hour. Uh, if I'm not bagging it to put it in the compost, I could probably zip through it in about a half an hour. I'm pretty jealous of a bagger. Yeah. I'd love to get a bagger that I, I could mulch with. I would, re- I would really love to have a bagger for this time of the year to yeah. get all the leaves up. And, you know, because if you let the leaves lay as much as, you know, grasses you know he's gonna make fun of me about this because i always say just leave the leaves because god put them there and they're just gonna mulch and it's gonna be fine but seriously if we had a bagger i could throw them in the garden and and we don't then we wouldn't have a bunch of big mud spot dirt spots right come spring because the leaves killed off the grass and then it just becomes a big mud hole when it rains or the garden hose is going when the kids are playing in it yeah that's my biggest thing i would love to have a bagger for that reason so missy and jeremy got the mower and the trailer that is what's your trailer like eight by ten or something yes i think so got a trailer it's really nice with you know tall sides and the whole thing um from the previous homeowners which worked out great um obviously tractor and four-wheeler on their list at some point uh, probably more trailers i'm sure they'll be like us and have a trailer for every thing that comes down the pike um we've talked a little bit about our tractor before on our youtube channels that did a little bit of a review on our Kubota. we had started with our i always say it wrong what what so so we started with the four-wheeler well yes and that you know when we bought our four-wheeler we lived on mm, we bought our gosh, four-wheeler was, with our wedding money yeah what yeah our honeymoon money uh but we what was it? I mean, what, oh, at Manheim Township, a, it was a like sixteenth of an acre. Uh, it, maybe it was like an eighth. It, it was. It was a it was, postage stamp. You really didn't need a four wheeler for there, but it was the right price at the right time. Couldn't pass it up. It had a, a blade on it for you know removing snow, and then we got a little lawn cart from a friend of ours for nothing, and that did us great for a while. And when we moved to our place we're at now. It was another tool that just we couldn't imagine not having it. Um, we had always talked about a tractor, just 
it just never was the right time. We were gonna get our neighbor's tractor, COVID hit, we decided not to to do that. And then I found a 70s era International Cub Low Boy, which really is just a really big oversized lawnmower. It was a cantankerous thing. It, it was it really was it was fine. It worked. Yeah. We had it for a year. It was it, it a did mower. save us a little bit of labor, probably. An, an old timer had built a boom system on it, so we had a bucket, which and, it really wasn't made for. Yeah, it was not made for. It had no power steering. It had turf tires and turf tires on a hilly property, two wheel drive. Yeah, it just it was fine. Like way. if you had a little flat property, it'd probably be fine. Yeah. But for our hilly, muddy disaster, and it was not the right one. What we were needing to do to move. The stuff we needed to move, you know, we were really putting it through at paces. You know, we did use it to fill some of our raised beds. But what, you know, it, it took us like three days to get our raised Ugh. beds filled with it. And a thousand square feet. Yeah. And with the new tractor, we did it in a Couple. half hour. It may be, an maybe hour. an hour or two. Yeah. It was quick. I mean, it filling it would have taken a half hour. We took an hour because of... Right, spreading, time, it and spreading it and all that. But, you know, it, it started out great for us. We we got it for $900. I put like $100 into it, fixed the reverse in the in first gear, and we had a hydraulic issue, which we knew buying it. But the person who we bought it from, we knew and I trusted. So, 1000 bucks total, and it was a great purchase for us. We ended up turning around and selling it for $3,000. Um, and then we took that money and put it into the tractor we have now. Which is a Kubota thirty thirty nine hundred one. Sometimes it's a little small, but mostly it feels small when we get a feed delivery because I almost always get a thousand pounds of feed at once, and it really only takes a thousand on the front. Yeah, and moving some firewood around, you know, because I get I've gotten some pretty big firewood. Like some of the firewood I get is like logs. Yeah, the logs I get they're somewhere around like 30 to 40 inches in diameter and they're pretty heavy hardwood logs so it, but this one was already it, at the top of our budgets yeah, we it, could have not well, gone top bigger of our budget and right now the used tractor market is just stupid uns- it's just insane the the tractor our neighbors had that was in the 80s are going for what we bought our tractor for just recently and it's just crazy the price but for us the tractor is something that we use probably almost uh, almost every day i'd say yeah um whether it's moving pallets around or ivc containers or moving firewood or and someday we'll upgrade again yeah you know you mixing the compost pile moving dirt you know just it We'll upgrade when I finally talk Zad into moving to my 50-acre homestead in the it, middle of nowhere. It saves my back. Um, you know, it keeps me from hurting myself from trying to lift things, moving things. Um, we have the ability to move trailers around with it. We have a 50s era, I think, holiday rambler that we got yep. um, for 50 bucks. And we're we have trailers of all sorts, tur- every shape and size you can we're imagine. We're turning that into like. a, a turkey uh, 
turkey coop and a brooder so we have the ability to move that around so we're not having to try to use one of our vehicles um, but the tractor you know we can use it to plow snow and everything else and move the trailers it it is a very well needed tool for our homestead yeah all right so jeremy was going to talk so that's kind of like our overview i mean obviously there's a million tools that we could talk about but those are probably the top most important so jeremy's going to talk a little bit about adapting so when you don't have the right tools you know he talked a little bit about community reaching out to the people you know around you that can help out so go ahead talk about adapting so adapting to your situation and your surroundings um is harder for some people not so much for other people but work with what you got um you know try to think outside the box of what you're trying to do like if i need to use a nine millimeter wrench but i don't have one and you have a an adjustable wrench so kind of just go on with you know thinking outside the box and if you don't know uh, there's a lot of resources out there that can help you think outside the box. There's YouTube, there's Facebook, there's all kinds of channels that you can find that, um, th well, there's a thousand ways to do one simple thing. Um, and everybody has an opinion about it. Right. So don't feel like you're, you got to rush to the hardware store and buy this $90 tool to get this one job done. You know, kind of set back. Think about it at different angles and ways you can approach it. And if you're stumped, like I said, there's there's YouTube, there's Facebook, there's your community, there's Instagram, um, friends, yeah. yeah. And and you know nowadays a lot of people don't like to call. You know, so text your friend, hey buddy, how can I get this done? But I don't have this tool. And if he doesn't know, I'm pretty sure he has somebody that might know. Right. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can go down. Um, well, and if you find the right people that are interested in this stuff, you know, like if anybody listening to the podcast is like, oh, I'd really like to learn how to run a chainsaw. Well, I'm fairly certain that Zad and Jeremy would, that'd be their best day ever yeah. is, you know, have a little chainsaw party. Yeah. So, you know, if you find people that are excited, you know, if somebody came to Missy and I and said, you know, hey, I want to learn how to can. Well, I'm not going to turn down extra help on canning day. You know, we never have enough hands for that. So if you find the people that are excited about whatever it is you're trying to learn, you know, more than likely they'll be willing to, even if you can't come over and get some hands on, you know, at minimum, you can ask them your questions. Right. Right. Um, okay. So you were also, hold on. You were also going to talk about fixing. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, if you have, and we'll turn over to Zad here for a little bit of this too, but, you know, say you go to a sale, you buy something, you need to put a little money into it to fix it up or, you know, uh, just talk about that kind of stuff. So where we're from here in Mifflintown and in Lancaster, uh, Lancaster's known for their, their mud sales and you can go in and, or any type of sale, estate sale, wherever. And you can go to these places and pick up a tool that you could use, but this might be wrong with it. So you can, for next to nothing, either call somebody that says, hey, do you have this part or know where I could get this part that may cost you 2 or $3. But in reality, that you may, may have paid, let's say, $10 for the, the, the tool. 
and it needs a little $3 part. So if you ran to the store and got that brand new, you probably paid, will pay an ungodly amount that you don't really want to pay where these sales you can go and get the same tool that might have a little wear and tear on it for next to nothing. Well, we've taken, a lot of times people won't take gambles on that stuff. Like, we took a gamble on a steel chainsaw at a yard sale, and, like, it needed a little work. Mm -hmm. But we spent way less on it than we would have brand new. Now, some of these sales, and I am speaking from experience, (laughs) um, I had purchased, I know Zad was looking for a a bigger air compressor. And a, a lot came through. Brand new, not a scratch on it. We were at the same auction. We were at the same auction. I was just at a different part of the auction. So I bought it, you know, probably 75% off of what you would pay for brand new. It was cheap. I feel like it, you only it, spent it, like 50 bucks. Yeah, something like that. And it was, a, it was, it was like so a cheap. 60 gallon or 80 gallon. Yeah. Well, anyways, so we get it loaded on the truck, get back to Zad's, go to plug it in, fire it up. And it's a piece of crap. It doesn't want to run, this and that. And then to try and find parts for it were expensive and a total waste of time. We got to run around about this and that. So, Well, just, you, you called them back and they pretty much gave you the cold shoulder. Yeah. 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 So it kind of CYA, if <laughs> you, you know, if you see a tool like that, before you buy it, before anybody starts bidding on it, if it if it's electric, tell them plug it in. If it's yeah. a saw, say hey, start that. Well, right. a lot of times they yeah. will because they know that they're going to get more money for it yeah. if there's confidence that it works. Right. And if if like the mud sales, you know, you get there early. You know, you you got to be up before the birds are up to get through these mud sales. But if you get there early before it starts, you walk around and you can see what there is and. You can see, okay, this lot's going at this time, and this lot's going at this time. Well, I really, really need to look at bidding on these tools, so i got to be here, and I might miss out on this wagon. But you can go there, check out, see what there is, and know what you want to start bidding on. You can get your hands on it, feel it, look at it, see if it works. And if it doesn't, you go, okay, well, I'm not going to waste my time on this one. I'm going to move on to something else. Yeah. You know, we, you know, uh, a gravity wagon, which... You know, you see on farms and they put corn or soybeans and stuff in. They go for a couple thousand dollars. We found one. I had the thought of, hey, we could put our coal in this. I wouldn't have to build a container to hold our coal. I can move it around on the property. We got it for $700 mm-hmm. and it's paid for itself now. For sure. Yeah, because we get our coal shot in. Mm-hmm. Shot in, is that the right word? Oh. Shot in, sh- whatever. It comes down the chute, chute yeah. and instead of bagged, and it's way cheaper, and it's way less friggin' labor because we used to load the bags on and then load them into the th- It was so dumb. So, you know, that's a lot of this, too, is homesteading is just hard enough as it is, and there's a lot of labor and a lot of hours and whatever, so wherever you can make life a little bit less hard, you know, you should. So, anyway, I hope that... You learned something, as always. I know Missy wasn't. Missy, you still with us over there? I'm here. She's still over there. So, um, yeah, uh, I hope you guys learned something about this. I hope that you enjoyed hearing from the boys, as we call it, the big boys, as we call them, um, and their wisdom on tools. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, friends. Bye, friends. <laughs>